hip hip when you're on a holiday you can't find the words to say all the things that come to you and I wanna feel it too on an island in the sun we'll be playing and having fun and it makes me feel so fine I can't control my brain do 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 hip hip we back in it welcome to part five part cinco of the Reese Witherspoon episode of Stars Born. Yo, Reese Witherspooners, at this point, might as well start calling you that now. We've been we've been doing it for so long. Uh, wow. Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Chris Arneson. As always, it's a beautiful day here in Pullman, Washington. Sunny, sunny Pullman, Washington, across the street from Washington State University here in a Stars Born headquarters. In the coffee house apartments, second floor, holding it down. Let's see, 234. That's cool. 234 p.m. Uh, Tuesday, April 2nd, the day after April Fools. So, hope you got all your pranks out for the year. Unless, you, unless you're remaking punked, doing some punked fan fiction. Um, yeah. I like punked, so <laughs> I like punked, but that was a great show. I think they should definitely remake that. I'm not sure if that's on the docket, but we're not talking about that today. We're talking about Reese Witherspoon, and um, before we get into that, let me let you know, if you haven't heard the first uh, 33 episodes of Stars Born, go ahead and start with uh, Will Ferrell, episode one, and uh, you can listen to all those. Rejoin me right here. Uh, I won't go anywhere. But if you have, you know that I'm an author um, from Bothell, Washington originally, live in Pullman, Washington, find my books on Amazon, Kindle, uh, uh, I was going to say A Star is Born, Sponge Cake, a mostly made up story about a completely insane town and what's in the fridge. Go to my blog, thegoat1.blogspot.com, my website, chrisauthor.com, follow me on Twitter, chrisauthor8, and Instagram, chrisarneson8. And thank you so much. For share, share, sharing the podcast with uh, family, friends, co-workers, employees, bosses, Dairy Queen workers, uh, everyone and anyone. Next time you pick up a blizzard, make sure you mention A Star is Born, your favorite new podcast. So there you go. There's a little plug for you. Um, we don't have Dairy Queen as a sponsor or anything, anything like that, but if you are listening... If the queen, if the queen is listening, or anyone in Her Majesty's uh, royal court, royal court of blizzardry, um, yeah, you can sponsor a podcast if you want. Hit me up. Um, just throw that out there. Doesn't hurt to ask, right? But let's get into it. Let's get into this episode. Let's get into it. Before we start Reese Witherspoon's IMDb page, we haven't even start her filmography yet um that's what we, what we do each episode is we look at the stars films so we'll do that in a few minutes here 
first a couple things I want to address here the Mariners update so the Mariners yesterday we won very nice and Sunday oh my goodness the Mariners are on a three game win streak here very good uh, beat the Angels yesterday and then we took we took three out of four from the Red Sox I like it Mares are off to a hard, hot start for the season. And we play the Angels tonight at 7-10. And that's on Root. Um, so go ahead and watch that. If you got Root. Mares, my favorite team. Favorite baseball team. So there you go. There's your Mares update. Off to a good start. And let's do the NBA update. So if you're NBA... <coughs> So, LeBron is, um, he's not going to be, he announced, big announcement here. He's told the Athletic that he will not play for Team USA in the summer's uh, FIBA World Cup in China. And, um, he never intended to. So, if you thought, if you thought he was gonna, you, you were wrong. Don't, don't even, don't even say that. And, um... Instead, he's going to be training and filming Space Jam 2, which will be released July 2021. So there you go. That's exciting news for movie fans out there and NBA fans, LeBron fans. Um, And he's sitting out. He's done for the season, but the season's just about over anyway. And the Lakers have been out of it for a while. So they're long since eliminated. It was a rough season for LeBron. I think it was the most games. I'm pretty sure. Positive. It was the most games he's ever missed in a season. It was this year. Um, Let's do the Simpsons episode. Each episode. We uh, talk about a different Simpsons one. That's um, somehow related. And this one. Is called. The Bart Wants What It Wants. Season 13, episode 11, aired February 17th, 2002. And I chose this one because Reese Witherspoon, she uh, she has a guest voice in it as Rainer Wolfcastle's daughter, Greta, who Bart befriends. And Greta falls in love with Bart, but he only accompanies her because... She has a lot of uh, cool, entertaining things. So so that's like a little peek into the, the shallowness of Bart's, Bart's psyche. Of his evil, cartoonish child mind. Um, <laughs> but very funny. Very good. Very good. Let's do... Uh, let's see. Before... Wait, we haven't done this yet. We haven't talked about this yet. We've been doing pie graphs. I'm all over the place. Uh, each episode we've been doing pie graphs, pie charts. This one, I made this one here on my trusty yellow legal pad here. It's my favorite pizzas. So we haven't announced this one yet. So 7% is goat cheese. Favorite, um, yeah, pizza, pizza topping, pizzas. Um, so 7% goat cheese. 16% Supreme, 33% Hawaiian, 
and 44% barbecue chicken. Boom. There you go. There's my favorite pizzas. And also, um, if you haven't listened, then you don't know that pizza is by far my favorite delicacy. I am obsessed with pizza. I love it. Pizza fanatic. But here's an interesting question. Just to warm us up a little bit before we get into Reese Witherspoon's discussion of her films. Here's a question I wanted to talk about. Kind of random here. It says, what is good art? So what's good art? Is there, um, and then here's a couple other things I wrote down. Is there such thing? Who's to say? And should it even be judged? So, I think good art, in my humble opinion, I would say it is provocative. It's like good art it is not accepted by everyone. Like, it's, if everyone likes it, that means it's not good art, I would say. I'd say good art is stuff that some people are going to hate it, some people are going to love it, some people are going to just be ignore it and just be turned off by it, but I'd say that's what good art is. It's provocative, it makes you think, it inspires people, um, all those things, and it, it's creative and it, like unique, and um, good art is things that have never been done before. Um, just um, all those things, like homages to the to a past artist, um, very original stuff. Could have all sorts of different stuff, but I think the main um, rubric thing, the main qualification for good art, would be yeah. I just just like I said in the first place, just not accepted by everyone, not universally loved. I think uh. Yes, underrated nowadays. That some stuff is gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna make people, it's gonna make people feel different when they when they see this art. You know, when you see like a movie or read a book, like some of the most famous books in history are just filled with like crazy, crazy scenes that you you don't remember they're there until you like reread these books. But yeah, I think that's good art. It's provocative and uh, unique and original. Yeah, I'd say that's another another main thing about good arts being very original. Um, there's that question. But um, oh, here's something. I took a microaggression class. It's just a random memory I had um, about a microaggression class at Washington State University here in Pullman, 2014. This was either 2014 or 2015, um, before the first time I graduated back in May 2015. But I just, this was such a weird class. It was like, unlike any other um, class I've ever had, either high school or college, any level. Um, pretty much the whole thing was just studying like microaggressions, which if you don't know what they are, oh my gosh, it's like a new... It's one of those new words that it never existed before, but someone invented it. So now it's probably in a Merriam-Webster now. But microaggressions, I don't, how do you describe them? It's just, it's some 
tiny thing that it could be just anything that offends someone just of any size and um if it offends someone or if it offends you then um i think then that's what you call a microaggression <laughs> so yeah it's just a really big thing on like college campuses nowadays um but i was just thinking like why is this an important class like what's the purpose of this kind of class on a college campus um i don't know honestly <laughs> like in retrospect i don't think i i mean it was interesting i definitely learned a little bit about microaggressions but this definitely is not a necessary class by any means um maybe for like social social um study majors or something but just a strange class i think you could have i think it was a big stretch to make it a whole class i think it could have just been a section of some sort of history course but that's just my humble opinion um <laughs> no offense to my microaggression teacher she seemed like a nice lady but i mean i i just never really understood what the point was like I guess, of the whole microaggression thing. Like, what are you supposed to do about it if you're if you're offended by someone? Um, I guess, like, go to human resources or whatever, but I don't know. I don't know. It's just something to think about, I guess. Something to mull over. Um, that's enough. That's enough of that. I think, um, let's get back into, let's get into Reese. Reese. For the first time here. For the first time. For the first, feels like the first time, feels like the very first time. Alright, here we go, IMDb, 1991, her first credit, uh, she stars as Danny Trant, Danny Trant, the man in the moon, not on the moon, in the moon, um... Wow, gotta see what this is just to just to start it off. No, I don't want the IMDb Pro. It's a PG thirteen, ninety nine minutes rom drom, coming of age story set in the south of United States when Elvis was king. Elvis must be in this movie or something because that seems like a super superfluous. What's the word? Superfluous. <laughs> That's the word. A uh, little detail there. A little extra detail. Like, what if Elvis had nothing to do with that movie? But <laughs> just said in the description that when Elvis was king, that makes no sense. He must be in it. I've said that. I've deemed it. Uh, TV movie, right off the bat. 1991, Wildflower. She plays Ellie Perkins. Let's see what this is. An abused and partially deaf girl is helped back into society by two resourceful children. Dang. Two hours, romance, drama, rom-drom, PG-13 TV movie. Sounds um, like an intense movie that just turned the channels. Just very helpful, though. Inspiring, actually. Very inspirational story. Um... Another TV movie, 1992, Cassie Robbins, Desperate Choices to Save My Child. 
This one is when a young girl is diagnosed with leukemia, her father and stepmother must decide they should risk her son's life by exploring his potentiality as a bone marrow don donor. 100 minutes drama. Um, hmm. You never know what you're going to get with these TV movies. You never know. It could be anything. 1993, A Far Off Place. She plays Nani Parker. Uh, 108 Minutes, Adventure, Drama, Family. The witty Nani and the stuck-up city boy Harry are the only ones to survive a massacre, massacre of a gang of poachers among the gamekeeper's family on his lonesome farm in the Savannah. Wow. It's an intense movie. Um, let's put it on pause right there in that intense, intense story right there. Um, let's read Cooking the Fast Way here, Maywood Recipe Book. Let's read a couple of recipes. This one, we do this every episode. Um, this one's Joy Trombley. She is, uh, that's Greg Williams' neighbor, the Trombleys, um, Tanner Trombley. He was a year above us, but... Just remember them living right across, um, right in the same coal sack as Greg. That's funny. Um, but yeah, here's Joy's Cowboy Caviar. Little recipe. Your ingredients. One to two avocados, diced. One tomato, diced. One can of peg corn, drained. One can of black-eyed peas, rinsed. One bunch of green onions, chopped. One bunch of cilantro, chopped. And the dressing is a quarter cup of olive oil, quarter cup of red wine vinegar, one teaspoon of cumin, minced garlic, and salt and pepper to taste. Assemble ingredients. Toss gently together until nicely mixed. Dress with dressing. Let marinate refrigerated for an hour or more. And there you go. Cowboy caviar. Orf's uh any uh, Dallas Cowboys fans out there, go ahead and make this for your first, uh, I was going to say Super Bowl Sunday, but <laughs> I don't think the Cowboys are going to, no offense, but I don't think the Cowboys are going to be making the Super Bowl anytime soon. Let's just say the first NFL Sunday of 2019, or whatever year you're listening to, to this. could be 2039, even. Um... Could be any year. Let's see. Let's listen to, not listen. Let's uh, read another recipe here. This sounds good. This one sounds good. It's a crab and cream cheese wonton. And um, no name, so we'll give Joy Trombley credit. Your ingredients. Eight ounces of Philadelphia cream cheese. One bunch of green onions diced. 8 ounces of fresh crab meat, garlic salt, and 1 package of wonton skins. In your directions, mix the cream cheese, green onions, crab, and garlic salt into a bowl. Drop a spoonful of filling in wonton skin, pinch the edges together, and deep fry until golden. And there you go. I love wontons. That's one of my favorite things to make. Just easy. Make it on the... Just in a pot of water on the stove. 
Easy peasy. Throw some uh, hot sauce on it. Soy sauce and hot sauce. Mm-mm-mm. Um, let's do one more. One more crab, crab dip. This is from Karen Anderson. And I'm guessing it's not the same, not the same Karen Anderson that hosts Dining with D&K with uh, Doug Benson. <laughs> Different Karen Anderson, but here we go. Crab dip. One cup of mayonnaise, one cup of sour cream, one cup of crab, two cloves of garlic, one cup of Parmesan cheese, three quarters cup in mix, and one quarter cup on top, and pepper. Mix ingredients together and top with Parmesan cheese. Bake at 350 degrees until bubbling. Serve with crackers or bread. It's good hot or cold. Ooh, I like that. I like any dish that can be served hot or cold. Like pizza, for example. We were just talking about pizza, my favorite food. And, excuse me, um, I like pizza cold, better cold, actually. My personal opinion I actually prefer it cold, believe it or not. Might as well just throw it in the refrigerator right when I uh, pull it out of the oven. Straight from that, uh, call it the oven to fridge pipeline. Ooh, I like that. I'm going to write that down. It's my, um, it's my pizza. <laughs> That's my pizza oven to fridge pipeline. I don't know. I just got to make these notes for myself, you know, because... It's tough. It's tough to go go through the whole podcast and take notes. I don't know about that. That sounds like a very dedicated individual. <clears throat> Might as well just take notes during the podcast. Um, let's just do let's do one more. Easy cheese ball, and let's give Karen Anderson credit because this no name. Two eight ounce packages of cream cheese softened. One or two packages of dried beef, green onion tops, about one half tops from one bunch of green onions, garlic salt to taste if desired, and mix all ingredients together and form into a ball, chill, and serve with crackers. And that's a cheese ball, which sounds like um, it sounds like a, a slur against fat people. <laughs> a cheese ball. Get out of here, you cheese ball. Like on the East Coast, in the Northeast. These guys, look at these these bunch of cheese balls coming in here. Think they own the place, you cheese ball. <laughs> um, yeah, I could see that being a fun thing to say. Hey, cheese balls. Thanks for listening, you cheese ball. Um, let's see, let's get back to Reese. Reese with a spoon. So we left you a far off place, Nani Parker, we just said that. Jack the Bear, 1993, Karen Morris. Jack the Bear, I've heard Jack the Ripper, but Jack the Bear. Um, Danny DeVito is John Leary, a professional clown whose wife's death in a car accident has left him to care for his two young boys. 99 minutes drama PG-13 um just a drama not a comedy even though they're they're laughing looks like a comedy they're laughing on the on the movie poster but just a drama apparently 
I guess it's a pretty dark story. Um, 1993 TV miniseries, Return to Los Lonesome Dove, Ferris Dunnigan. What a name. What a name. Ferris Dunnigan. Four episodes. I love the name Ferris. Um, you guys know me. You know that my favorite movie of all time, Ferris Bueller's Off. So, I like anything Ferris related. Ferris Wheels, uh, Ferris Dunnigan. <laughs> but let's see what let's let's see what this is. It's a drama western. Um, Captain Call has just buried Gus at Lonesome Dove and plans to head back to his ranch in Montana. Huh. Okay. Let's just leave it at that. It's a little cliffhanger. Um, SFW, she's Wendy Fister, but Fister starts with a P. What does SFW, does that stand for something? Am I not cool? What does SFW meaning? Yep. <clears throat> Excuse me. Safe for work. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. That's right. That makes sense. Um, 96 Minutes, Red R, Comedy Drama, a Dramcom. An alienated and misanthropic teenager gains sudden and unwanted celebrity after he's taken hostage by a terrorist where his indifference to their threats to, th to kill him makes news headlines. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, Stephen Dorff. One second. Get a sip for my Red Robins here. Mm, my water bottle. Steven Dorff. Jake Busey. Like, so Gary Busey's son, he's in this? Or is that his brother? Um, huh. What a, what a funny, weird-sounding movie. 1996, Freeway. Vanessa Lutz. I've heard this one. Comedy, crime, drama. Hunter Two Minutes, Red R, a twisted take on Little Red Riding Hood with a teenage juvenile delinquent on the run from a social worker traveling to a grandmother's house and being hounded by a charming but sadistic serial killer and pedophile. Oh my goodness. Um, Kiefer Sutherland from Jack Bauer. Twisted take on Little Red Riding Hood like any just like I've said before I like any movie that uses like an old um, fairy tale or old like Shakespeare or some sort of some sort of myth like old story and then kind of use that as your framework it's an interesting way to tell a story speak of interesting stories this was from episode 2 we talked about this Mark Wahlberg episode Fear. Look good, feel good. Look good, feel good. How you guys doing? You doing good? Oh, Mark Wahlberg. Marky Mark. Got those good vibrations. Get that sweet sensation. <laughs> um, 
yeah, fear. We talked about it in episode two. Uh, when Nicole met da- David, handsome, charming, affectionate, he was everything. Seemed perfect, but soon she sees that David has a darker side, and his adoration turns to obsession, their dream into a nightmare, and her love into fear. Reese and Mark. Uh, also in 1998, Twilight. Not, not the Twilight that you know. That everyone knows. A different Twilight. The first Twilight. She plays Mel Ames. Let's see what this is about. Let's see what this Twilight is. Uh, Jacob versus Edward. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, a retired t- detective accepts a simple task. Unaware that it will tear open old unfor- um, and forgotten but deadly wounds. It's a crime drama mystery, 94 minutes, Twilight. Susan Sarandon and Gene Hackman and Paul Newman. The late, the late Paul Newman, he passed away, didn't, yeah, he did. When did Paul Newman pass away? Now you gotta check this. Oh, way back in 2008, September 26, 2008, um, at the age of 83. R.I.P. Uh, go out there and forget the grocery store right now. If you're listening to this from the grocery store, go to the uh, salad dressing aisle and pick up a bottle of Paul Newman. Or the old Paul Newman dressing. Let's see. A video. 1998 overnight delivery. Ivy Miller. In just a a video. It's an 87 minute. Wait, why is it not saying movie? Because it's 87 minutes. It's a rom com. And uh, a man suspects his girlfriend of being unfaithful. So he sends her a letter, but then he finds out that he was wrong. And he has 24 hours to stop the package. Oh, that sounds pretty funny. It's one of those stories. It's one of those ones. We were like chasing the mailman. Uh, 1998. Pleasantville. She plays Jennifer. This was the one with Toby, Tobes McGuibes. Tobes McGuibes. 124 minutes. PG-13. Uh, drama. Com, com Fant. Fantasy. Two 1990s teenage siblings find themselves in a 1950s sitcom where their influence begins to profoundly change that complacent world. This sounds... I love this concept for a movie. It's kind of like uh, the Truman Show, but more edgy. I don't know. The Truman Show was alright. It was okay. We'll talk about that in the Jim Carrey episode. But... I would like to see Pleasantville. I would like to see that. Compare it. Because it came out like the same year as the Truman Show, pretty much. So that's kind of weird. It's always weird when those two movies they're, are kind of similar come out the same year. Like uh, Ants and Bugs Life. Um, Trying to think of another one. What's another one? Oh my gosh, it's hard to... 
Oh, I thought I had one there for a second, but I'll try to I'll try to think over the next few minutes here. Let's just keep moving. I'll think of one. Nineteen ninety nine, Cruel Intentions. She plays Annette Hargrove. Um, let's see what this is. Nice of Miss Drum uh Rom Drum. It R. Two vicious step siblings of an elite Manhattan prep school make a wager to deflower that new headmaster's daughter before the start of term. That is that's cruel. Uh Ryan Felipe, Sarah Michelle Gather or Geller. Selma Blair. She used to be married to Ryan Felipe. I do believe. I do declare. I do declare. Let's see when they're. I'll check when they're married. I'm still trying to think of two movies that are similar that came out at the same time. Hmm. I'm sure there's so many. You guys are probably. Go ahead and yell them. Wherever you are, if you're on the bus or on a plane or a train, she was married to Ryan Felipe in 1999, divorced in 2007. Then she married Jim Toth, 2011. Make sure you always Toth whenever you go to church. Always Toth. Always Toth. <laughs> wherever they pass around the Tothing tray. Um, all right, all right, the Jim Tothing tray. Also, nineteen ninety nine. Oh, this is a great movie. This is a classic. Election. She plays Tracy Flick. This is a, a good movie, a good dark comedy. Speaking of Ferris Bueller, Matthew Broderick is in it. Ferris Bueller himself is in this one. A high school teacher's personal life becomes complicated as he works with students during the school's elections, particularly with an obsessive overachiever determined to become the student body president. And that overachiever is Reese Witherspoon. It's a funny movie. Chris Klein is in from uh, the American Pie franchise. Let's see. Let's see. Also, 1999, Best Laid Plans. She plays Lisa with two S's. Lisa. Maybe it's Lisa. A seemingly simple plan to steal money goes increasingly awry. 92 Minutes, Crime Drama Thriller. Red R. Um, Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin, Janich. Let's see. Let's see. American Psycho from 2000. Evelyn Williams. She plays in a crime drama, 101 Minutes, Red R. A wealthy New York City investment banking executive, Patrick Bateman, hides his alter alternate psychopathic ego from his co-workers and friends as he delves deeper into his violent hedonistic fantasies. As Christian Bale. I've heard this is a... Oh, it's like a remake, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a remake. Yeah. Uh, TV show? Oh. From 2000. 
She plays Jill Green in um you guys you know it, you love it. Uh was this episode twenty-six? Yes, episode twenty-six of a star is born. Friends, friends. No one told you life was gonna be this way. Um, TV show, another show, another popular one from 2000. She plays Debbie, uh, the voice of Debbie in King of the Hill. Um, <clears throat> 2000, Little Nikki, she plays Holly. We talked about this one, the Adam Sandler episode. This was the one where uh, after two of the devil's three sons escape hell to wreak havoc on earth, the devil must send his third son, the mild-mannered Nicky, to bring them back before it's too late. Comedy fancy. Um, and let's see. Let's see. What was I going to... Was I going to read? I'm trying to figure out right now if I'm going to read this book from... Yeah, yeah, that's what we'll do. We'll read Andrew F. Wood. Uh, let's take a little break from Reese Witherspoon here. Um, Andrew F. Wood, Road Trip America. We do this every episode. I'll get a little sip of water to prepare myself before re- reading this here. And um, now we're going to do Delaware. We talked about Delaware in the fifth episode of Stars Born, the Aubrey Plaza episode. But, um, yeah, we're just going to go ahead and do it again because we've already done a couple states for Reese Witherspoon, so we might as well read about one that we already did instead of using up another state since uh, there's only 50 of them, right? So, let's see. I'm looking at a picture of Newcastle Motel. Some uh, brown, not brown, but crimson, maroon, kind of boring motel-looking buildings. Completely air-conditioned, though. Um, Smyrna, Delaware, Stucky's Pecan Shop. It says, um, ah, broiled filet of bologna tonight. Huh? <laughs> broiled filet of bologna tonight. Eh? It's a picture of like a weird looking dude. His hands are behind his back. Um, actually, this might be a. I take that back. I think this is a weird looking lady. Uh, her hands are behind her back. Um, she has a yellow bandana on her head. She's talking to a dude who's wearing. What's he wearing? Fishing waders. Is that what those are called? Uh, like. A, Jean coverall coveralls, and um yeah he, he was just fishing next to a river, and it's a weird it's a weird picture because he's towering over the river, so kind of the optics on that one are strange. But let's read about Delaware. Um, Stucky's pecan shop though I wonder, wonder if that's still a place. Hmm, sounds good. Whole whole shop of pecan. Ooh, uh, let's see. Did you know? Fun fact. While visiting the Delaware Dunes, don't be surprised if you discover 11 concrete towers 
standing like sentries along the Atlantic shoreline. Sometimes built in as few as eight days, the towers were constructed during World War II to defend American shipping and resist the threat of invasion. Designed to last a decade, the towers continue to guard our coasts against enemies long gone. Huh. Sentries. What are sentries? I need, I feel like I need to, it's like one of those things that you, because that's the only word that they use to, um, to describe it. But if you know what, what is a sentry? What's a sentry used for? This is just a bunch of, like, computer stuff. Sentry is, um, a soldier stationed to keep guard or to control access to a place. Okay, there we go. It's a guard. Um, here we are. It's like a bouncer. Greetings from Delaware. Delaware uh, celebrated its reputation as the first state, despite rumors that it's just a suburb of Philadelphia and that more chickens live in Delaware than people. Fact is, you'll find plenty of historical markers commemorating this tiny state's willingness to take the first step on the road to revolution. In downtown Dover, you'll find Constitution Park featuring a 12-foot bronze quill and four-foot cube with an etching of the document that helps shape American liberty. Another Dover attraction may inspire you to stay longer than you planned. While an increasing number of folks spend their days in suburbia, land of strip malls and tract houses, many of us maintain a sentimental attachment to small-town life. Tucked somewhere deep in the American psyche is a dim recollection of front porch chats, evening strolls, and general stores where you could catch up with local news and maybe play a game of checkers. The Dover Museum of Small Town Life, located in a former Presbyterian Sunday school, offers a chance to relive these simpler times of the 19th century before the age of electricity. The museum's interior resembles a small town's main street, complete with storefronts for printers, apothecaries, and even a post office. Now, what's an apothecary? That's like something that's one of those words that you know like the words that you hear but a person who prepared and sold medicines and drugs okay there we go it's one of those words that i've heard but i didn't know what it meant probably could just ask someone but um it's like a pharmacy kind of it's a person who prepared and sold medicines and drugs okay while in dover you might take a break to celebrate the talking box that revolutionized the world. After years of technological innovation and legal skirmishes, the Victor Talking Machine Company popularized the use of recorded sound for pleasure with its Victrola phonographs that found their way into domestic parlors across the country. Victor also helped make famous a painting by Francis Barouding that depicted a bull terrier named Nipper who stared quizzically into the brass horn of a talking machine that played his master's voice. The Johnson Victrola Museum features exhibits dedicated to the life of company founder Eldridge Reeves Johnson. You'll find a jazz age storefront and even an organ <clears throat> excuse me, an original oil painting of Nipper. Oh, good old, a bull terrier. Oh, very very cute staring at a giant brass horn I, I can't picture I can picture that 
old phonograph, the giant brass horn. It's weird how technology changes, so it's just like an iPhone now. But it, it starts with a giant brass horn, and then it's kind of like whittled down to this tiny, tiny little block of technology. It's just like a little bar of soap now. But it's interesting. Because like, if it was just giant brass horns, we couldn't carry them around like in our pockets. It wouldn't be the same. Technology wouldn't have the same impact. It's not just the fact that they invented it. It's the fact that they perfected it and made it small and portable. But that's just a little... That's just something I think, you know. <clears throat> All right, here we go. Cruising south from Dover to Milford, you'll find a regional permutation of the muffler man, the fiberglass attention getter found in every state in the Union in the molded form of Paul Bunyan, a cowboy, an Indian, or even an astronaut. Milford boasts a giant Amish muffler man next to a used car, car dealership. Rumor has it that after 9-11, a patriotic soldier, excuse me, a patriotic soul placed an American flag in the Amish giant's hands to remind passers-by that the entire nation was bound together by a collective sadness and resolve in the wake of the terrorist attacks. That's such a weird, um, one thing that distracted me there was when I said passers-by. That's just like why isn't why isn't it passerbys? Like, I don't like it when you have to pluralize a word within the word. This is very confusing. It's like a puzzle. Passersby. I think it should be passerbys. Um, heading out to the coast, stop by the town of Luz, where you can visit the Zwanadel Museum to learn about the first European settlement in Delaware called the Valley of Swans. You can discover the gut-wrenching fate of sailors aboard the M.H. Brig de Brock that sank nearby in 1798. You can tour the site that offers a historically accurate reproduction of a Holland town hall. Or you can admit that why you really came and gasp at the sight of an authentic merman given to the museum by, by the befuddled family of a seaman who'd made his final visit to Davy Jones. What's an authentic merman? Is, is that mean? Is that what I think it is? Does that mean um a dude a dude mermaid? Let's see. Here we go. Um Merman Delaware. Merman of Delaware. What is it? What is it? It's a mysterious ocean creature. Um, I'm looking at Roadside America. No, that's just a... Excuse me, that's like a Yelp. Some sort of Yelp knockoff. Let's just assume that this is a... A merman. Merman! It's Zoolander. Merman! Merman! Okay. This isn't the Ben Siller episode, though. This is the Reese Witherspoon one. So let's get back to Reese. Where do we leave off? We left off. Right. 2001. The Trumpet of the Swan. She's the voice of Serena. Let's see what this one's all about. 
It's a high-flying adventure when Louis, Louis, a mute trumpeter swan, is given the gift of a trumpet and finds his voice. It's uh, 75 minutes. Wow. It's one of those short movies. It's a Ray G animation drama family. Oh, George Casanza's in it. George. Um, Alright. Let's see. 2001. Oh, this is the one that everyone knows her for. This is uh, Reese Witherspoon's big breakthrough right here. Mm. <laughs> it's a big one. 2001. She plays L. Woods. Legally Blonde. Everyone knows this movie. Well, I mean, if you know Reese Witherspoon, you know Legally Blonde. It's a rom-com. PG-13, 96 minutes. She's a fashionable sorority king, dumped by her boyfriend. She decides to follow him to law school, while, and while she's there, she figures out that there's more to her than just looks. She, um, takes over the world. Luke Wilson, also in it. That's back when Luke Wilson was, like, on fire for a minute there. He was in old school, same year. Uh, 2004. Vanity Fair. She plays Becky Sharp. Growing up poor in London, Becky Sharp defies her poverty-stricken background and ascends the social ladder alongside her best friend, Amelia. 141 minutes of drama. Let's see who plays Amelia. Romala Gari. I never even heard of her. Never even heard of this movie. Isn't there a magazine called Vanity Fair? Um, pretty positive. 2005, Walk the Line. She plays June Carter. This is the one with Joaquin Phoenix as Johnny Cash. Uh, 136 minutes. Biodrama music. PG-13. A chronicle of country music legend Johnny Cash's life from his early days on Arkansas cotton farm to his rise to fame with Sun Records in Memphis where he recorded alongside Elvis, Jerry Lee Lewis, and Carl Perkins. I have not seen Walk the Line or the uh, the John C. Riley knockoff one. What's the parody one? Um, Walk Hard, The Dewey Cox Story. I haven't seen... I've seen, like, bits and pieces of that one on uh, TV. Like, FX, maybe. FX, Fearless. I think this... Oh, my gosh. I swear. Was this a dream? This was either a dream of mine. Like, in a dream. Or I saw this when I was at the... When I was at the Student Union Building, the Cub, here at Washington State. I was watching the, what was that game? Auburn beat Kentucky. Um, I watched that game on Sunday. And I may have seen this on one of the TVs, but this may have been one of my dreams. I can't remember. I just remember seeing FX, Fearless. So <laughs> I was like, it's real. It's real. <laughs> I was so happy. I was like, raised my hands in the air and cheered. And everybody thought I was crazy. But... I knew what was up, because I was, I was happy to see 
FX, uh, Fearless, just like I knew it. I knew it was. I always knew it. Always knew it was that in my heart, my heart of hearts. <laughs> I love when people say that. I know it in my heart of hearts. Like, <laughs> it's not enough to just say, I know it in my heart, but in my heart of hearts, but super hardcore. Like, when people get up on their high horse. I like that saying. Get off your high horse there. But why is it it's bad to be on your high horse, but it's good to take the high road? You ever think of that? Huh? Huh? <laughs> you ever think of that one? <laughs> and you drive on the parkway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but seriously, though. Take the high road. It's a good thing. But don't get on your high horse, though. Anywho, <laughs> that's enough of that. Back to Reese. 2005, Just Like Heaven. She plays Elizabeth. Let's see what this one is. A lonely landscape architect falls for the spirit of the beautiful woman who used to live in the, his new apartment. Oh. Mark Ruffalo. Ruffalo. It's Mark Ruffalo. He's in it too. Uh, Mark Ruffalo. Um, interesting. 95 minutes. Comedy, drama, fancy. When I said architect, I just thought uh, Ted from How I Met Your Mother. Excuse me. Got these uh, sausage biscuits today from McDonald's. So that's why I'm having digestive issues over here kind of burping up these sausage biscuits and I also oh my gosh I also stopped at Walmart got some Gouda cheese and very good very Gouda and a chicken salad so I ate the chicken salad too so it's no wonder why I'm having trouble speaking at the moment <laughs> and um, yeah I ate all that food in the past few hours so it's um took a shower I feel like that for some reason taking a shower helps me digest a little bit though helps me shake it shake it down you know I I uh, always do the last bit of my shower is cold ice cold I used to just do like all all cold shower just a hundred percent but haven't done that for a few months um I'll have to try. Now that I mentioned it, now, now it's just like doubled down. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm good though. Um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't done an ice cold shower the whole time for a few months, but I'll have to do it again soon. But no matter what though, I'll always do at least like 30 seconds or a minute. I'll try to do like a minute or so, just ice cold at the end. Um, I would recommend it. Definitely, definitely get the, get that ice cold shower going. Just it like. What's the word for it? It just, I was going to say revolutionizes, completely revolutionizes your day, but kind of uh, reshapes your day, I would say. Like in the morning, just if you're, if you want to like attack your day, just take an ice cold shower and just get after it, you know, or at least do the thing where you take the, the second half of the showers ice cold or something, but just, it'll, it'll wake you up. Like it'll really wake you up. And um, invigorate you, invigorate your your life. <laughs> There's a life hack for you. Um, 2006. Let's see. 
Reese, who's she playing this movie? She's in a movie called Penelope. She plays Annie, 2006. What's this about? It's a, a modern romantic tale about a young aristocrat, aristocratic heiress born under a curse that can only be broken when she finds true love with one who will accept her as one of their own. Oh, that sounds like a cult. <laughs> it's like a some like Scientology stuff there or something. Um, 104 Minutes, Comedy, Fancy, Romance. A rom-com fant. Rated PG. Alright. 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 Let's see, where were we here? Uh, wait, did, we did do Just Like Heaven. Did we not talk about Yeah, we did. That was the Lonely Landscape Architect. That's right, of course. Uh, 2007, Rendition. She plays Isabella Fields El Ibrahimi. I've never heard of this movie either. It's a war movie. Drama thriller, Red R. After a terrorist bombing kills an American envoy in a foreign country, an investigation to an Egyptian who has been living in the U.S. for years and is married. It's a, it's a long one. It's a long summary. And he's married to an American. He's apprehended when he's on his way home. Um, yeah, we'll leave it at that. It's a cliffhanger. If you want to see Rendition. Rendition. Oh, starring Jake Gyllenhaal. And Meryl Streep, and Alan Arkin, and Peter Sarsgaard. Some big names in that one. That's a huge, wow. It's crazy how there can be so many famous people in a movie, and I've just never even heard of it. Like, it just goes completely under the radar. Just, wow. <laughs> it's weird. Uh, speaking of under the radar, 2008, Four Christmases. She plays Kate. This was the the Vince Vaughn Christmas Chronicle. I never saw this one, but it looks pretty funny. And I'm a pretty big fan of pretty big fan of Vince Vaughn. Um, yeah, it's Vince. Hey, what's up? What's up, guys? <laughs> that's a that's a hard uh, hard impression. What's up? What's up, y'all? How you how you doing? Hi, how? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> uh, should not even try that one. All right. Anywho, Vince Vaughn, great actor though. Hilarious, hilarious. Eighty eight minutes rom com drama. A couple struggles to visit all four of their divorced parents on Christmas. That's a funny. Gotta admit, it's a funny concept for a movie. Surprised it didn't do better. Why didn't everyone love that movie? 2009, Monsters vs. Aliens. She's the voice of Susan Murphy slash Ginormica. A video game from 2009, Monsters vs. Aliens. Susan Murphy slash Ginormica. Let's see what Monsters vs. Aliens is. 94 minutes, animation, action, adventure, triple A, the triple A of, of movie genres. Speaking of movie genres, I might as well mention while I'm at it, that my favorite movie genres are comedy, horror, heist, reunion, and uh, the highly controversial boardwalk. I think, 
Not many people classify it as a genre, but this podcaster and author does. I do. I like it. The boardcast. Uh, I was going to say boardcast. Ooh. Speaking of which, though, that's not a bad idea for a, for a podcast episode. A boardcast. I'm just going to write down boardcast. But I'm not going to know what that means, so I don't know. I'll have to write it down. I'll write it down right here. Boardcast. I like how you, the the podcast has just devolved into me. Um, podcast episode. There we go. Um, it's just devolved into me just writing. Just What if the whole podcast was just me <laughs> just writing? <laughs> podcast episode from... That'd be a fun episode. Would you guys enjoy that? I mean, just... An episode of me just writing a story, just maybe talking you guys through it. You could just hear my my pencil scribbling against the paper. <laughs> I could put the microphone close to the paper, and you would just hear hear my pencil working away. Maybe every once in a while I erase something. That'd be exciting, but I don't know. I, I think that'd be a fun episode. But I wrote down. Um, Board. Wait, why did I say board? Cast. Boardcast. There we go. Boardcast. A podcast episode from a boardwalk. I like the. I just like the name boardcast. Like that's a. <laughs> or that's a name. It could be the name of a boring podcast. Oh man. When I was listening, to it, it was such. I was listening to Mark Marin yesterday. Such a boardcast. Oh my goodness. He's, he wasn't even talking to the president. It was so boring and boardcast. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Mark Maron, but didn't want to throw him under the podcast bus right there. All right, here we go. Monsters vs. Aliens. A woman transformed into a giant after she is struck by a meteorite on her wedding day becomes part of a team. A team of monsters that sent in by the U.S., uh, U.S. government. Oh my God! What a long run on sentence by the U.S. government to defeat an alien mastermind trying to take over Earth. Okay. I mean, I'm not really one to talk though because I love, I love writing, writing in the run on sentences. Um, is that a style? Is that a style of writing? Uh, certainly my style. TV short from 2009. Monsters vs. Aliens, Mutant Pumpkins from Outer Space. Must have been a Halloween special. She plays Susan Murphy slash Trinormica, the voice of. A video short from 2009, Four Christmases Gag Reel. She's Kate Uncredited. And I know I no longer have to get upset about the whole uncredited controversy because... Used to used to get mad about it. Be like, what is that? What does that mean? What does that mean? It says uncredited, but it's listed in her credits. And we finally looked it up one day. One uh, great episode of the podcast. And found out that uncredited actually means that her name did not appear on the movie or the TV show on the screen in the beginning or end credits. But it's still in her IMDb page. So that's what uncredited means. It means she wasn't on the screen in the credits. 
it makes sense, but at the same time, it doesn't. <laughs> so now it does, though, because cause we looked it up, and that's what you do. You know, my mom always told me, if I don't know something, I just ask, and I decided to apply that to my whole life. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know about you, but if I don't know something, I just ask. Um, here we go. Just ask Jeeves. I don't even use Google. Google. Don't even use Google. Just ask Jeeves. Um, 2010. She's in a movie called How Do You Know? How Do You Know? She plays Lisa. Wow. Some big names in this one. I've never heard of this movie either. Paul Rudd. Wait, I guess I have heard of it because we talked about it in the Paul Rudd episode. Episode... Four of A Star is Born. And speaking of the Paul Wright episode, something else we talked about in that episode was year one. And um, you know what I'm about to say right now, baby. If you listen to the podcast, you already know it. AMC Triple Feature. It's the AMC Triple Feature. All right. So I'm going to take a little break right now. And... um. Go to the bathroom, grab some water, refresh myself. What am I saying? I'm not even. I'm not gonna lie to you, people. I don't have to go to the bathroom right now, but I'm just gonna take a little break anyway. A little cliffhanger for y'all, cause when I come back, we'll talk about the the infamous, the famous and infamous AMC triple feature, and um, have a great break. Be right back. Something about a dog. Something about a dog. I love dogs. I don't know what it is. That's how I decided to come back from that break. How was your break? Did you did you get some stuff done? Maybe start that next grocery list? Maybe download a new podcasts? Oh, subscribe to A Star is Born. Rate and review it on iTunes. Couple couple things you could do there. Share it with a friend. All good things. All good ideas. But um, dogs were on my mind. Why were dogs on my mind? Because literally, literally, right before I came back, I was petting my roommate's dog. My roommate's dog, Cora. I love Cora. She's a sweet little girl. Uh, German Shepherd mix. Probably seven or eight years old, my roommate said. And she cannot be, you cannot find a nicer dog. Seriously. She, that's what she reminds me of, my dog, Athena, my old dog, before she she went to doggy heaven, you know, <laughs> all dogs go to heaven. Wait, when I said that movie, it said all dogs go to heaven, did they mean like a doggy heaven? Is there a separate heaven or is it the same as humans? Is it uh, the share heaven with humans? Because I feel in, do- in a human heaven, oh, I think this is funny. I think this is funny. In human heaven, there would not be a bunch of dog poop. That's a, that's the one thing. <laughs> I don't know why, but in human heaven, um, you know how all dogs go to heaven, and there must be some pooper scoopers or something. All dogs are there, and just a bunch of poop. Just <laughs> I'm writing this down. Just a bunch of poop. Um, that'd be funny. Like part of heaven. There's so many dogs in heaven because, you know, all dogs go there. So it's just tons of just piles of... I I usually don't do the 
was a highbrow. It's a highbrow humor. The gross stuff. <laughs> Party humor. But imagine though. If all dogs go to heaven. Think of how much dog doo-doo there is. Just piled up. Just <laughs> It's like Trash Mountain. It's like that Simpsons episode where there's a giant... The giant mountain of diapers. Remember that? <laughs> I can't remember which episode that's from, but think about it. All dogs go to heaven, but what about? It's like how dogs are going on airplanes now. People bring their service dogs on airplanes, and then now they're pooping on airplanes. Oh my gosh! It's inevitable, though. It's it's gonna happen. What else do you expect? You know? I don't know. I don't know if that's a if that's a good thing for people to be bringing their dogs in airplanes, I feel like that's not a great idea. It's a slippery slope. That would be, that's what people say. Um, let's see. Oh, that's what we were going to do. Of course. That'd be funny. I just completely forget. No, let's just do it right now. Let's talk um, AMC Triple Feature, baby. Alright, we do it every episode, so um, you loyal starfishes, members of the uh, galaxy of starfishes, the Milky Way of starfishes, the beach, what do we call it, the beach or the ocean, whatever you want to call yourself, the ocean of starfishes, I think that sounds pretty good, but you know it, I say it every time, it's the AMC Triple Feature. And this was June 2009. So I was with my best bud growing up, Stephen Ungrecht. And we had just gotten out of school for the summer. This was sophomore year. And we went to AMC Woodenville Movie Theater. Where I would go on to work, let's see, less than seven years later. And we went to year one. Decided to blow off some steam from the school year. Go to movie Go to year one, starring Michael Sarah and Jack Black. It's the caveman movie, the Geico caveman movie, or should I say, they're kind of Geico, the rivals of the Geico caveman, because different, different than those dudes. I've talked about those dudes with the their old TV show on ABC, Cavemen. It was on right before Carpoolers. <laughs> I was a fan of Carpoolers actually. I watched it. Yeah, I watched it. Um, I think I actually even watched an episode or two of Cavemen. So don't don't hate the player, hate the game. As as a kid said. But yes, that was year year one. And Paul Rudd was in it briefly as well. And it was pretty awful, pretty terrible movie. But we've since looked it up and discovered that it's a Judd Apatow movie, which makes it all the more shocking. Because, I don't know, Jared Apatow usually makes pretty good movies, so I was fairly surprised by that. But that was year one. And then we decided to, we um, busted through the offensive line. We, we, we caught the pass, caught the pass from the quarterback, juked out the defenders, busted through the line, and uh, made it to the other side of the movie theater to go to the next movie. And this was Theater 9. Um, year 1, we saw Theater 6. So, yeah, we took we took the pass to the house. 
the Hail Mary to the house. I don't know why I'm thinking football right now. I should be thinking basketball and baseball, really. Football's Football season could not be farther away. I mean, it just got done in the very beginning of February, and then doesn't start till end of August, beginning of September. You really couldn't get farther from football season than right now. So what am I talking about? <laughs> but yes, we went, um, we jumped over the the metaphorical wall, the wall of movies, the great, the great wall of movies, <laughs> the great wall of China, that, that Matt Damon movie, <laughs> the great wall of China movies, of Matt Damon movies, the great wall of Matt Damon China movies, <laughs> there we go, we figured it out guys, we did it, teamwork, team, ready, break, um, but yes, you're like, what are you talking about, what are you talking about Chris? We went to The Hangover. That was the next movie. It was uh, Theater 9, the opposite side of the movie theater, as I said. Um, yeah, great movie. Talked about it, episode 3, Brody Stevens. You got it. Positive energy. You got it. Yes. 818, till I die. Yes. Um, yeah, The Hangover. Great movie. Loved it. Can't say anything bad about The Hangover. Can't go wrong with it. Great uh, plane movie. I feel like it'd be a fun movie to watch on a plane ride to Vegas. Especially on, on a ride to Vegas. If you're like gearing up for a big vacation. For a big uh, bachelor party in uh, Sin City. That'd be a, that's a little recommendation for uh, for you there. From your buddy Chris. Watch The Hangover next time you go to Vegas on the plane. <laughs> It'll get you pumped up to party. To party and go crazy in Vegas. Because remember, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, baby. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I can't remember what movie. What movie was it? They were like, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Except for, except for herpes. <laughs> that stuff will come back with you. <laughs> like it was something like that. It was like some some sort of joke like that. And um It was like what movie was that? Some movie with a dirty old man. <laughs> that sounds like something a dirty old man says. I think that's who said it. Um so after the hangover, we went to Across the Aisle and we were shocked to see this terrible movie. So we we tumbled, we somersaulted, we backflipped, we jumped off a mini trampoline, dunked on a basketball hoop, and landed in movie theater number 10 to watch Land of the Lost, which was shockingly terrible. <laughs> I mean, I hate to hate to hate on Will Ferrell because he was the very first episode of The Stars Born, episode 1. Um, and he's like one of my favorite actors, so I I love pretty much all his movies. But I have to say, Land of Lost is not one of those movies <laughs> that did not fall into that category. Um, just an awful movie based on the nineteen seventies TV show, uh, Sid and Marty Croft. But yeah, I just didn't get it. Didn't get him. Guess you had to be a fan of the TV show, probably. 
Um, that's my guess. But yes, that is the uh, AMC Triple Feature. Um, man, I wonder how, just looking back at it, maybe Steven, he must have had his uh, driver's license because he was 16. I didn't get my driver's license till like end of July of uh, that year. So I didn't drive us, but maybe Steven drove us. But I do remember you weren't supposed to drive with anyone who wasn't family for the first like six months of having your license. So he probably broke that rule just looking back at it. Um, it's kind of funny. Because how else, how else did we get there to AMC Woodenville? We probably didn't walk there. Maybe we uh, rode our scooters. We used to scooter everywhere. Uh, I've talked about my experience being in the scooter gang. Uh, the zebras we were called the zebras um very good uh let's read a couple more recipes just very short recipes here from cooking the fast way this one's from patty woods uh i know patty woods because she's the mom of eric and mark who uh, i played football with and their dad mike was a he was our coach on defense, he was like our defensive coordinator, and I was always on defense, so he was like my main coach um, for like a year there, but yeah, Eric and Mark were twins, but not identical, but they looked pretty similar though, and um, they were a year younger than me, and uh, football players, Mark was like a cornerback, Eric was an outside linebacker, Eric kind of played the same position as me actually, because I was always outside linebacker. So, um, yeah, they're cool dudes. And their dad was a cool coach, too. And uh, hopefully their mom's a good cook. Um, here we go. Patty. Ricky's hot artichoke dip. And I do not know a Ricky in the family. I don't know a Ricky Woods. So maybe that's like an uncle or something. Uh, ingredients. One 15-ounce can of artichoke hearts chopped, one can of mayonnaise, one, no, not can, excuse me, one cup of mayonnaise, one cup of shredded parmesan, and one small can of diced green chilies. Mix ingredients together and microwave until hot. Serve with crackers or bread. I love it when it tells you what to serve it with. It's like setting you up for success. Um, Very good. I like an artichoke dip. It's always solid. Let's do one more here. One more short one. Sausage balls. Sausage balls. Sounds like uh, Snooky and Nicole. Not Snooky and Dina's rival. Because they're the meatballs from uh, Jersey Shore. <laughs> I've told you guys about my obsession with Jersey Shore. My favorite. Maybe my favorite show of all time. Honestly. I don't know. The Simpsons is up there. There's some shows up there. I'd have to hash it out. But Jersey Shore is definitely my favorite reality show of all time. I'll leave it at that. But I wonder if uh, the meatballs and the sausage balls. <laughs> it's like the uh, the greasers. Um, what is it? Like the sharks and the jets from, from Greece. Is that what they're called? The sharks versus the jets. It's the meatballs versus sausage balls. <laughs> That's the Guido, the Guidette, the Guido and the Guidette version. 
Um, very good. Here we go. This is a uh, Don McCravey from the old neighborhood back in Maywood. My mom's old friend. Uh, she worked with her in PTA all the time. Don, I believe Don moved back to Texas, back where she was from, back where she came from, to te back to Texas. Um, these are her sausage balls. One pound of sausage, mild or hot, one cup of grated sharp cheddar cheese, and one cup of bisquick. Mix ingredients and roll into balls. Cook at 375 degrees for 20 minutes or on slightly greased cookie sheet. And that's all. That's all. Um, let's do one more little one just because those were tiny. Speaking of little, Little Smoky Wraps from Margaret Brunke, a FAST member. And uh, FAST stands for uh, First Aid Support Team. So that's a Maywood First Aid Support Team. In a Little Smoky Wraps, one package of Hillshire Farms Little Smokies, and one can of Crescent Roll Dough. And your directions are roll out the Crescent Roll Dough in the triangles. Cut dough triangles into thin strips about 1 to 2 inches in length. Wrap strips around Little Smokies. Bake at 350 degrees for 10 to 15 minutes. Fun to wrap as Little Mummies for Halloween. Oh, mummies. That's awesome. <laughs> it's like Tom Cruise. We just talked about Tom Cruise a couple episodes ago. So it's on my mind still. The new mummy movie. Uh, what about the original with Brendan Fraser? Some people say they like that one better. It's a classic. It's a heated debate. Um, There you go. There's a few more recipes for you. I like how they say little mummies. What else could they be? They could be like little ghosts. They could be little zombies. <laughs> little zombies that are, they got TP'd by, by some teenage juveniles. Um, all right, very good, very good. I guess a mummy, wow, if you think about it, a mummy is just a zombie that got TP'd. <laughs> Seriously, like a mummy is the same as a zombie, but Someone just threw some toilet paper over it. Some uh, some kids. We used to do that. We used to TP houses. Oh my gosh. So we TP'd Allison. Um, I think it was. I, I can't remember her. Allison Childs, I believe. But it was epic. Cross country. I think this was a cross country TPing. Senior year. Oh my god, we were like evil. We we got we got her house with like 50 probably 50 rolls of toilet paper. Just spend a whole like half hour just throwing them all over her house and she had like these huge trees in her front yard and backyard and we just we got all the trees too. Just all like on top like over the top of her house and like everywhere. Just completely wrecked it. Um, but yeah, we definitely have some... I definitely have some good memories of TPing from back in the day. That's a, That was a fun... <laughs> that was like an American pastime. For us. Um, for sure, for sure. 2011. For sure, for sure. <laughs> 2011. Water for elephants. 
She's Marlena. Marlena. Kind of reminds me of Lorraine Newsom and the Mooses. Marlena. Water for Elephants. It's a rom drum. 2011, two hours, PG 13. Set in the 1930s, a former veterinarian student takes a job in the traveling circus and falls in love with the ringmaster's wife. Wow. Robert Pattinson. So that was, um, which one's he? Is he uh, Edward? Edward Scissor's hands? Uh, scissor hands. Did I just say scissors hands? <laughs> That's like a porno version of Edward Scissor hands. <laughs> Edward Scissor's hands. <laughs> oh my god. That was out of nowhere. Out of the blue. That's what's so great about A Star is Born. It's like, you never know what's going to happen next. It's a curveball thrown at you. I don't even know what I'm going to say next. Uh, 2012. This Means War. She plays Lauren. Um, This was the one with Tom Hardy and Chris Pine. Action rom-com. A pair of CIA operative weight... Um, CAA operatives wage an epic battle against one another when they discover they're dating the same woman. Oh my gosh. It's one of those love triangles. Classic CIA love triangle story. <laughs> it's like the oldest story in the book. Um, 2012. Oh, this was a good movie. I saw this one. She plays Juniper in the Matthew McConaughey vehicle Mud. 130 minutes, drama, PG-13. Two young boys encounter a fugitive and form a pact to help him evade the vigilantes that are on his trail and to reunite him with his true love. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey, the only thing I really remember from this movie is uh, I think he lives in this boat. This, You know what's special about this boat? is It's in the trees. It's uh, in a tree. Yep, it's like a, it's a tree house. It's a boat tree house. Um, very interesting. I like it though. Super Southern. Super, super, something Southern about, some Southern charm about it. It's like a Southern tree house. Like, because those were like Northwesty, kind of like Oregon, Washington. That's what I think about when I think of tree houses. I don't think of the South. For the South, you just, you got a boat. You got a boat in a tree. Um, 2013. Devil's Knot. She plays Pam Hobbs. 114 minutes. Not rated. Biography. Crime. Drama. The savage murders of three young children sparks a controversial trial of three teenagers accused of killing the kids as part of a satanic ritual. This sounds like it's based on a true story or something. But Colin Firth is in it too. I don't know why, but it's just so descriptive. And we were just talking about the South. It made me think of those three, the three Memphis boys. Wasn't that a thing? Wasn't that something? Uh, the West Memphis Three. Um. Oh, this was a great movie. This is going to go top three. Speaking of three, this one's going to be top three for uh, Reese Witherspoon. 
This movie right here, 2014, she plays Cheryl in Wild. Oh my gosh, great movie. Definitely recommend adding this to your Netflix queue. Love this movie. Saw it in theaters. Um, I love a good hiking movie. Something about peaceful, something so peaceful about just watching people walk through nature, traverse, journey. Um, just travel. I like it. I also enjoyed the movie, uh, A Walk in the Woods. It was, um, it was a movie based on the Bill Bryson book. And <clears throat> Bill Bryson was one of my favorite travel writers. So there you go. But this is wild. It's rated R, 115 minutes, at adventure, biography, drama. A chronicle of one woman's 1,000 Wait, one woman's 1,100-mile solo hike undertaken as a way to recover from a recent personal tragedy. Yeah, so this is... It's um, it's a great movie. I'll just leave it at that. Just say, go watch it. Go watch it, y'all. 2014. The Good Lie. She plays Carrie. Carrie. A group of Sudanese refugees... Given the chance to resettle in the U.S., arrive in Kansas City, Missouri, where they encounter with an employment agency uh, counselor forever changes all their lives. Excuse me. I'm having <laughs> I'm having difficulties here. <laughs> Maybe I think I need some water once I... Ah, very good. Um, yeah, hope you guys understood that. Um... It's called The Good Lie. So it's like a white lie. What's a good lie? Why do people call it a white lie? White lie is a small lie. White lie origin. White lie origin. Let's see what let's see where it comes from. Um Hmm. Worldwide words. This is something called Worldwide Words. It's just because... Huh. It's because of the ancient Western idea of polar opposites represented in popular culture through white meaning good and black is evil. <laughs> so it's kind of just like an old... Literally, black and white meaning. <laughs> black and white view on it. Um, interesting. I guess that's where the old white lie phrase comes from. That's, uh, according to worldwide web, worldwide words. Um, but then, yeah, this, this says, does, is it racist? Does, does white lie have racist, um, background? That's, that's a good question. There's always like phrases um, that I that I don't know. They're just popular when you're a kid, and then once you're older, you realize that like, oh, this is kind of racist. I should I shouldn't be saying this. <laughs> like um, uh, one of them would be "eeny meeny miny mo." That's that's a phrase that is actually racist. It's turned out. Um, so anywho, 2014, the good lie. 
2014 Inherent Vice, Deputy DA Penny Kimball. We've talked about the Inherent Vice. Can't remember which episode this was. Oh, Maya Rudolph. That's right. Episode 14. There you go. Inherent Vice. 146 minutes. Comedy, crime, drama. Um, 170. Wait, why am I saying 170? Um, I'm all over the place right now. I need to concentrate. Come on, Christopher. Christopher. I just got to think. Tony Reale. Uh, Not to brag, but I will always remember... It's not bragging. It's just telling you a memory of mine. <laughs> you can't you can't say your memories and have it be bragging. It's just I'm just saying what happened. When I interviewed for uh, the Around the Horn internship, and I talked to Tony Reality on Skype, I will always remember the way that he said he was just like Christopher. <clears throat> it was like kind of like Joey and Friends, but Tony Reality was just like Christopher. Christopher, <laughs> hey Christopher, but and then I told him like, he asked me like what TV shows I liked, and I was like, it's always sunny, Parks and Rec, like all those, and I remember him saying that he also liked It's Always Sunny, so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, Christopher, <laughs> that's Tony Reality for you. All right, here's Inherent Vice. In 1970, drug-fueled Los Angeles private investigator Larry Doc Sportello investigates the disappearance of a former girlfriend. Yeah, that's a, um, who directed this one? This was, a uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. Yep, PTA. PTA. A short from 2014, Nine Kisses. She plays girl at costume party. Let's see what this one is. And there's nothing. There's no description of it. That's okay. 2015, though. Hot Pursuit. Hot Pursuit. She plays Cooper. Keeper. 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 And um, this movie's fun because David Feeney wrote on this. I like that. From Dave's of Thunder. One of my favorite podcasts. Dave's of Thunder with Dave Damashek and David Feeney. And, uh... Yeah, David Feeney. I actually no, he didn't write on this movie. He wrote this movie. This he wrote this movie. So um let's see. Yeah, writers David Feeney and John Quintanance. So Quintance. Quintance. So he was the co writer of this movie. There you go. It's um the one with Reese and Sofia Vergara from one of my favorite shows of all time, Modern Family. Gloria. Gloria. Uh, an uptight and by the book cop tries to protect the outgoing widow of a drug boss as they race through Texas, pursued by crooked cops and murderous gunmen. Sounds pretty funny. A7 Miss, action, comedy, crime, PG 13. It just did not do well on the the old Rotten Tomatoes. But I still love David Feeney, so <laughs> I, just, I won't blame him. I know it's, it's not his fault. And also, um, Sofia Vergara is really funny, and Reese is, Reese is, Reese is Reese. <laughs> no, Reese is funny, so 
I don't know where Hot Pursuit went wrong. It went wrong somewhere. Somewhere in the direction. Maybe it was the director. I don't know. TV series 2015, The Muppets. She plays herself. TV series short from 2015, Nature is Speaking. Um, she plays home. She plays home. Hmm. <laughs> Her character's name is home. Interesting. Uh, 2016, Sing. She's the voice of Rosita. This was, um, we've talked about Sing before. Who was in Sing? Who was, oh, ScarJo. ScarJo was in Sing. Um, very good. That was a few episodes back. In a city of humanoid animals, a hustling theater impresario's attempt to save his theater with a singing competition becomes grander than he anticipates, even as his finalists find that their lives will never be the same. 108 Minutes Animation Comedy Family. PG. Very good. That one came out when... When I was working at AMC. So I remember seeing lots of trailers for it. Let's see. Video short from 2017. Sing the Sing Network. She plays Rosita. Video short 2017. Gunter Babysits. She's the voice of Rosita. Uh, 2017. Home Again. She plays Alice. It's a rom-com drama. 97 minutes, PG-13. Life for a single mom in Los Angeles takes an unexpected turn when she allows three young guys to move in with her. What? That sounds weird. <laughs> That's, what a weird movie. Um, kind of reminds me of The Duplex. <laughs> and Neighbors. It's like The Duplex meets Neighbors. Meets Old School. Meets Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> <laughs> What a weird movie. Um, I've never really heard of that one either, and it just came out two years ago. Weird. It flew flew right in, under the radar. Right where a movie doesn't want to be. <laughs> uh, 2017 TV show, The Mindy Project. Reese Witherspoon plays herself, one episode. It's a funny show. I've seen probably, I've probably seen like seven episodes of that show. It's funny. It's Mindy, Mindy Kaling from The Office. Kelly. Kelly from The Office. Kelly, Kelly Kapoor. Wait, what's her name from The Office? Kelly. I think it's Kelly Kapoor. Let's see. Mindy. We'll, we'll check it though. I think it's Kapoor. Yeah, it is Kelly Kapoor. Oh yeah, there we go. Good memory. Um, 2018. A Wrinkle in Time, Mrs. What's It. That's funny. I never read that book. Um, This was the one with Oprah. Wait, who else was in A Wrinkle in Time? We just talked about this movie. But, let's see. Okay, that's okay. While, while, it tries to, while IMDb tries to make up its mind, I'll read you. Let's, let's read a little bit from... Um, just a quote, just a couple quotes from the truth about writing. Uh, we haven't we haven't looked at this book for a while, so. All my best thoughts were stolen by the ancients, attributed to Ralph Waldo Emerson. If art doesn't make us better, then what on earth is it for? 
Alice Walker. Um, let's let's see. A blank piece of paper is God's way of telling us how hard it is to be God. Sidney Sheldon. I'm writing an unauthorized autobiography by Stephen Wright. <laughs> that's funny. And on, he's a that's a famous comedian from Boston. Boston, Boston. He's wicked awesome. He's wicked awesome. Stephen Wright. He's freaking. He's freaking hilarious. This guy. This guy's freaking hilarious. He looks like the Red Sox. Sox. The Yankees. Sox. Freaking awesome man. Boston. <laughs> um. Keep scribbling. Something will happen. Frank McCourt said that one. Let's do a couple more. Pithy sentences are like sharp nails driving truth into our memory. By Diderot said that. Um, I work every day on a very rigorous schedule. I do not procrastinate. Sometimes the work goes well, in which case I might end up with a paragraph or two of decent prose. Other times the work goes badly, in which case I end up with a foul temper. Tim O'Brien. <laughs> I like that. Um, this may take a while. So this writer walks into a bar. No, make that a writer walks into a dark, smoky bar. No, let's try a writer looking furtively around the bar walks into it. That doesn't work. How about a lanky, tanned writer with a prominent chin walks into... Nope. The bar beckoned to the writer, and finally he... Not that either. Okay, the writer, a blank look on his gaunt face, stumbles into... Let me get back to you. This may take a while. David Wagner. <laughs> That's hilarious. The indecisiveness of some... Sometimes people can't decide, like, which way they, they want to start a sentence, which they, which way they want to go. But personally, I'm not one of those writers. I'm just... I'm more one of the people who... I just kind of go with the first... Like, the first idea. I don't know. It sounds bad, but... It sounds lazy or something, but... I kind of subscribe to the idea that the first idea, or maybe one of the first ideas that pops in your brain that you write down, um, it's, it's maybe the best one that you're going to get. I don't know. I'm not against editing. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm definitely, like, all for, like, trying to come up with better ways to say stuff, but there's something about, like, that first draft, like, the originality, originality of it, and, like... I like the rawness. Like, I like, um, personally, just my style of writing that I enjoy to read is stuff that has not been, like, edited and poured over and cut down. Like, I, I like reading the extra stuff, like the stuff in, like on the margin. Like, that's the most interesting stuff for me. Like, when I read um, a book with footnotes, I always enjoy reading the footnotes maybe more than the actual book part. I love just the little notes on the side. Excuse me. They kind of give you like a peek into the, the behind the scenes of the whole thing. But um, I don't know. That's not necessarily the same thing as editing or not. But I like, I like work that has... I'd rather personally... I'd rather read... I don't know. I kind of like reading all the extra stuff, but... Maybe not. Maybe maybe I'm just saying that just because that's the way I like to write. That's definitely the way I like to write. 
I like to just put it all on the table, you know? For me, it's like, bear thy said everything instead of nothing. I'd rather, I'd rather say it all than say just a little bit, you know? I think, just in my opinion, it's better to have written too much than too little. But I'm sure, like, the true writers out there would say I'm, that I'm wrong. But that's just my opinion, though. I just like the... I like the style of just having it all out there, you know, leaving it all out, leaving it on the line, you know. <laughs> um, all right, here's one more. Be grateful for every word you can cut. William Zinser. Uh, speaking of editing, I don't, I don't like those editing quotes, though. The greatest sin for a writer is to be boring. Carl Hyacin said that. Carl Hyacin is a great writer. He has a couple books I've read. I read his books when I was um, growing up, back in like elementary school and junior high. He had this one book called uh, Hoot. I loved that book. It was about owls in in um, Florida. He always writes Florida books because um, he's he's from Florida. But yes, Hoot was a great book, and Flush Flush was a great book too. That one was about the turlet. The turlet. Um, let's read a couple a couple of things from The Complete Life's Little Instruction Book. This is by H. Jackson Brown Jr. So we haven't looked at this one for a while, so that revisit these books that we haven't looked at for a little bit, you know? Kinda like saying hello to old friend again. Hitting them up on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whatever social media of choice that um, you prefer. Let's see. These are just some little tips, little life hacks from, from before people knew what life hack meant. Don't make the same mistake twice. Don't drive on slick tires. Keep an extra key hidden somewhere on your car in case you lock yourself out. Put an insulation blanket around your Around your hot water heater to conserve energy. Save 10% of what you earn. Never discuss money with people who have much more or much less than you. Never buy a beige car. That's such a funny... <laughs> what? Is that like something that people say commonly? Never buy a beige car? Why? Beige. I'm trying to think of... That's like tan. Why would you not buy a beige car? Very odd advice there. I like how some of them were so, like, reasonable, like, save money. Don't buy a funny colored car. <laughs> what? Just completely random. Um, Sounds like a preference. Sounds like something that's not really, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just what H. Jackson likes. <laughs> don't, get, don't get called out on strikes. Go down swinging. Never buy something you don't need just because it's on sale. I like that one. I think that's really good advice. I think people often spend money that they don't need to spend just because, yeah, just because it's a great deal. Where they like they're blinded by the deal, you know. Um, question your goals by asking, "Will this help me become my very best?" I'm I'm trying to become the best me here. Come on now, <laughs> self actualized. It's like the. Uh, yeah, the old self-actualization process. I remember that, learning about that in psychology. 
Um, cherish your children for what they are, not for what you'd like them to be. When negotiating your salary, think of what you want, then ask for 10% more. So everything's 10% for H. Jackson. Keep several irons in the fire. After what after you worked hard to get what you want, take the time to enjoy it. Be alert for opportunities to show praise and appreciation. Commit yourself to quality. Be a leader. Remember the lead sled dog is the only one with a decent view. Ooh, I like that. <clears throat> That's an interesting way to look at it. Never thought of never envied one of those sled dogs so much. <laughs> I like how he's saying like if you're going to be one of the sled dogs, at least be the one in front because then you don't have to look at a bunch of butts, <laughs> a bunch of doggy butts. Um, never underestimate the power of words to he heal and reconcile relationships. Your mind can only hold one thought at a time. Make it a positive and constructive one. I think that's good advice too. I like that. Become someone's hero. Marry only for love. Count your blessings and call your mother. There you go. I think that's a that's a good place to leave off on there. Um, let's get back to Reese. Reesey Reese. A wrinkle in time. Here we go. 109 minutes. PG. Adventure. Family. Fantasy. After the disappearance of her scientist father, three peculiar beings send Meg, her brother, and her friend to space in order to find him. When did we talk about this one? Who's... Oh, Chris Pine. Oh, Chris Pine. It was the Chris episode. Episode 20. The uh, the very special Chris episode of A Star is Born. That's right. Very good. Um, Yeah, I want to see that, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'd rather read the book. That's for sure. I like it when people say, Book's always better. Book's always better. Where have the movies ever been better? Uh, twenty-seven, like The Godfather. I wonder if The Godfather's a book. That's like an example of the movie being better, <laughs> or like Rocky. Um, twenty seventeen to twenty nineteen, she was in a TV show called Big Little Lies. She plays Madeline Martha McKenzie. Three first names: Madeline Martha McKenzie, for fourteen episodes there. I've heard this show too. Let's see what this is about. Um, was this a Netflix? This might have been ABC Family. Uh, the apparently perfect lives of three mothers of first graders unravel to the point of murder. Whoa. That's a lot more intense than I thought. Nicole Kidman, Shailene Woodley's in it, Zoe Kravitz, Laura Dern. Some big names in this. Adam Scott from uh, Parks and Rec and Step Brothers. Derek. Derek. <laughs> Shut up, Derek. Um, wow, interesting. That show sounds pretty good. I'd watch that. I'd tune in. Um, let's read a couple more. Let's read a couple more things here. From Life's Little Instruction Book here. A couple more. Excuse me. Never ask a barber if you need a haircut. That's like a metaphor for all of life right there. Truth is serious business. When criticizing others, remember that a little goes a long way. 
Never buy a piece of jewelry that costs more than $100 without doing a little haggling. Oh my gosh. That's one thing. For me, oh, that's kind of like a almost a pet peeve of mine. Like haggling, negotiating prices. I think personally, I don't know. I'm just not a great haggler. Like, I've yeah, I'm kind of one of those people who just wishes that a price could just be a price. Like, they could just put a price tag on something, and I could just pay that price. And we wouldn't have to argue about it <laughs> and have a serious confrontation about it. But I've never been a good haggler. It's just something that, um, yeah, it's just, it's never been a pride point. Like, some people, they're very prideful of how good they are, how good they are at talking people down on prices. Um, I don't know. It's, I guess there's an art to it. Some sort of skill. Um, I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird thing. I have to look into the, the art of selling. It's kind of like the same deal as like the art of selling, which, um, I really do not know much about that either. Um, my dad's a salesman. He's always been a salesman. I read this book. Oh, I read this book called The Power of Yes. I can't remember the author's name off the top of the head right now. But this was a really interesting book. Um, the Power of Yes. Let's see. And this guy was a salesman. So it was really more of a book about about selling, which was kind of not really applicable for me. But um, let's see. Maybe it wasn't The Power of Yes. Power of Yes book? Was it? No. Tony G. Bain. I feel like that's not the one. I'm having trouble. Anywho, it was a book about selling. And um, I still enjoyed it. It was still interesting. And just like people, I don't know, salespeople, I think it's kind of weird how like obsessed they get with like people saying yes they like the buzz they get like the buzz the high of a sale um it's really like a weird it's like a weird world that they're living in i would say it's kind of like this alter universe where um you're just always trying to convince people to to agree with you and to see to get in the same platform as you and like to see things to see the world the same way as you do um i don't know maybe i'm looking at it too deeply but <laughs> What is it? Being a salesperson, I've always thought this kind of a strange job. Like I've always like respected it, I guess. I guess cuz it's like a t- it's a tough job. You have to like dedicate yourself and you have to have a lot of confidence in yourself and be very like personable and polite and nice and get people to like you. You have to be a likable person. But um I don't know. I guess I never really intrigued me like I never wanted to be a salesperson like I've mentioned this before I think there's a company yeah I definitely have mentioned this on the podcast company in Seattle last summer I interviewed for um I did not know this going to the interview that this job was actually a door-to-door salesperson (laughs) oh my god for like a organic vegetable uh like membership kind of like a excuse me um, membership uh, application, like a phone app, one of those things, um, you know, like um, Blue Apron, but for vegetables, 
And yeah, this was a door-to-door salesperson. So you had to learn a 400-word speech, just word for word. That's like a weird thing. Like, I don't get it. I think you're kind of a machine. If you're doing that kind of that kind of a job, you're a machine. You're just a, a soldier, I guess. Um, Just going, you're just reading, you're memorizing a script word for word, and then just going door to door, just keep repeating it until people just cave in, you know, like there's nothing you can do to convince someone at their door, they're in their home and you're trying to convince them to spend money on something. I mean, I feel like there's nothing you can say to convince that person. I don't know. I'm like, I, I, I just don't know. I just don't know. You know, (laughs) maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but I think smiling goes a long way. Like body language and, um, those kinds of things really mean more in the world of sales than anywhere else, really. Just uh, having that confident body language and, yeah, like smiling, like I said, and saying the right thing in the right time. And, um, yeah, just really knowing your stuff, knowing your information, being studied up, being well-studied, but always prepared. So that's just a little, some random thoughts there. Let's let's do um come more here. Watch the movie regarding Henry. See, some of these are just random. It's like watch this movie. Never borrow so much as a pencil from your workplace. Become a tourist in your hometown. Take a tour. See the sights. Um, don't confuse foolishness for bravery. Don't mistake kindness for weakness. Don't discuss domestic problems at work. Create a smoke-free office and home. Uh, that one's like ahead of his time because this book's from what's this book from 1992 or something it's like 1991 so it's ahead of his time to say don't smoke anymore back when people smoked everywhere be especially courteous and patient with older people Uh, remember this statement by coach Lou Holtz life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react to it I love that. I also love Lou Holtz. Lou Holtz, uh, college game day. Hey guys, how you guys doing? Lou, Coach Lou Holtz here. Hey guys, Notre Dame, Notre Dame. <laughs> that's, that's my that's my Lou Holtz impression. College game day here. Hey guys, hey guys. I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea. But Coach Lou Holtz, he's like, uh, he's like a million years old. Um, <laughs> He's still doing it though. I think he's still on TV. I believe he's still on TV. Um, I hope so. Um, yeah, old Notre Dame coach and now a longtime college football analyst. But there you go. Let's get back to Reese. Let's uh, wrap this baby up. Let's wrap up this five parter. Um, Reese is in something called a wish list. Let's see what's wish list. Life changes for a 30-something career woman when a coin she threw in a magic fountain as a girl finally reaches the bottom. Oh, so it's like one of those wishing well stories. We were just talking about the origin of the wishing well. Um, We did, we said what it was, but what was it? Now, I'm, now we've we got to look it up again. Wishing well origin. Because, hmm, what was it? It was, um, 
European folklore describes whales. European folklore described whales where it's thought that any spoken wish would be granted. So, people would sacrifice what little money they had um, to these gods in order to honor them, appease them, or ensure them uh, that the clean water kept flowing. And to this day, throwing money into wells and fountains still exists. So, it's to appease the gods. Um, makes sense. Why, why else would people throw money into a, a wishing well? <laughs> I mean, you don't call it a wishing well. It's just a fountain. But now we call it a wishing well because of them. Because of them. Uh, TV series, 10 episodes. Untitled morning show drama. An inside look at the lives of people who help America wake up in the morning, exploring the unique challenges faced by the men and women who carry out this daily televised ritual. Oh, I wonder if it's about like the Today Show or something. Jennifer Anson. Oh, we talked about this one. The Jennifer Anson in the Friends episode. Uh, Jennifer Anson, Steve Carell, Billy Crudup, Mark Duplass. Very good. Goog, who's this? Gugu Mbat, Gugu Mbatha Ra. Oh yes, that sounds very familiar. She's from uh, Concussion, Beauty and the Beast, Recall in Time. Very good, very good. Gugu Mbatha Ra. All right, here we go. Tinkerbell. Man, she's in some big stuff. So Tinkerbell is coming out. Uh, Little Fires Everywhere is a TV miniseries. It's an adaption of Celeste Ng's novel, Little Fires Everywhere. Carrie uh, Washington is going to be in this show, too. And, wow, the final credit. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Holy Toledo. We did it, guys. We did it, guys. Excuse me. We did it, guys. Good job, y'all. We made it to the final credit of Reese Witherspoon's IMDb page here. Um, it flew by. This one flew by, y'all. I hope you had fun. hope you had as much fun as me. 2020. 2020. L. Woods in Legally Bond the Third. Three. Trifecta. A third Legally Blonde. So there you go. There is, um... Good old friend Reese Witherspoon. And let's do the um top three, bottom three. Do some plugs. Call the day. So let's do the top three first. We will go Wild for sure. Um, wild was a great movie. So Wild, Mud. Mud was a good one. And for the other one, let's go... Hmm... Wait a second. Wait a second. Do we even look at... I feel like we missed a couple of these. Now that I'm looking at a couple of these, did we miss... I'm trying to... That's weird. Why would we have missed these? The importance of being earnest. She plays Cecily. I think we missed this one. <laughs> From 2002. I don't know how I missed it, but... It's 97 minutes. Let's do it right now. 97 minutes. PG. Comedy. Drama. Romance. Rom-com. Drama. 1890s London 
uh, two friends use the same pseudonym, Ernest, for their on, on the sly activities. Hilarity ensues. <laughs> I love it. That's an entire new sentence. Just hilarity ensues. I also like the, the description on the sly activities. I like that. Um, yeah, I think we missed that one for some reason. Okay, that sounds good. That sounds interesting. Also, Sweet Home Alabama. Melanie Smooter. 108 minutes. I've seen bits and pieces of this one on uh, FX, I believe, actually. Fearless. FX, Fearless. Uh, FX, Fearless. A young woman who's reinvented herself as a New York City socialite must return home to Alabama to obtain a divorce from her husband after seven years of separation. And uh, Josh Lucas, Patrick Dempsey, a couple other people in it. Very good. Sweet Home Alabama. All right, I think those were the only ones we missed. I don't know how we missed those, but that's why I went so fast. Because I, I missed a couple. Also, she was also in Freedom. Wow, we missed Legally Blonde too. Red, White, and Blonde. I don't remember saying that. Elle Woods. In Freedom, A History of Us. TV series documentary from 2003. Uh, Reese Witherspoon plays Sarah Raymond, Factory Girl, and Susan McGoffin for three episodes. Let's see what this was. It just has a 16 mini series, uh, 16 episode mini series of the history of America. So, <laughs> one of those very not specific descriptions there. <laughs> very helpful. Very helpful. All right. I think we got. Let me double check to make sure that we actually did get all these now. Because um, that would be a, a true shame. It'd be a shame if. Yeah, we're good now. Now we got all of them. Quite the shame if we missed a movie in Reese Witherspoon's oeuvre of movies. All right, so top three. Here we go. Let's do it. For real. This time for real. Top three is, for me, I got Wild Mud. Um, That sounds like a good movie right there. Wild Mud. (laughs) No, but Wild Mud and for the other. Oh, Election. Of course. Of course, Election. That's a great movie. There you go. That's like a pretty cut and dry top three. Pretty solid top three right there. Wild Mud Election. All three one title movies. Or one word title movies. And as for your bottom three. Let's do. Oh. Apologies to David Feeney. In the Feenster's Union. Over there at Days of Thunder. But I gotta put Hot Pursuit in the bottom three. So, let's go bottom three. Let's go Hot Pursuit. We'll go Home Again. Because that one sounded pretty weird. The one where the three young men move in with her. It's like, I don't know what that one's all about. It's like a they're doing a webcam. It sounds sounds like a webcam movie or something. Um, So, Home Again. Hot Pursuit. And let's do Water for Elephants. No, that one's a serious one. I don't want to make fun of a serious one. We'll do, um, what what should I do for the other one? Oh, Sweet Home Alabama. There we go. So this is a silly, a silly rom-com. So there you go for your bomb three. Hot Pursuit, Home Again, and Sweet Home Alabama. 
Sweet home Alabama. We did it, y'all. Nice job. Congratulations. I'm standing up to applaud myself right now. To applaud everyone for, um, thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening and supporting A Star is Born. Uh, having so much fun doing it. Thank you for getting my books on Amazon and Kindle. Sponge Cake, a mostly made-up story about a completely insane town and what's in the fridge. Thank you for going to my blog, thegoat1.blogspot.com and website, christtheauthor.com. And follow me on Twitter at christtheauthor8 and Instagram, chrisarneson8. And thank you so much for share, share, sharing the podcast with a friend, family member, coworker, boss, uh, golf buddy, <laughs> golf buddy, ping pong opponent, um, you name it, anyone, whatever, whatever, man, thank you so much, yeah, I love it, that's what we're doing, we're building the community, we're, we're building, we're expanding this Milky Way of starfishes, or, or, uh, rise, rising the tides of this ocean of starfishes, if you, if you want to say that, <laughs> or, um, I guess I would kind of wipe out the beach of starfishes, though, so, that would defeat the purpose of that one. So um, we'll have to decide if we want to do the ocean or beaches, but we can't do both. You can't have both an ocean and a beach of starfishes because if one gets bigger, it's going to wipe out the other, you know. <laughs> what am I even talking about anymore? You know, you know what I'm saying. If the ocean got too high, then it would sweep away all the starfishes on the beach. I think that makes clear sense. Um, what a wacky, What a wacky way to end it. Um, I had so much fun doing it. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Thank you, thank you. Here we go. Closing time. Time for you to go home to the places where you belong. I know who I want to take me home. I know who I want to take me home. I know who I want to take me home. Take me home. Closing time. Time for you to go home to the places where you all right guys all right you all uh have a great day i hope you guys are doing well wherever you're at thank you so much once again for doing what you do and um supporting the show and as always have a great day have a great night um whatever you're doing stay strong And I love you. I'm going through changes, ripping out pages. I'm going through changes now.